This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's roundup. No special announcements or anything, so let's jump right in. First up, the brand new Metroidvania-style game Good Boy Galaxy has started its release. At the moment, it's currently available to purchase as a Game Boy Advance digital ROM to purchase on Evercade, and it should be out on Steam pretty soon, as well as Switch and Game Boy Advance physical editions coming pretty soon as well. So, awesome launch. It's supposed to be a very good game. I haven't had a chance to try it myself, but I've heard good things. It certainly looks promising, and I love the variety of places that you're able to pick it up. If you don't have any of the original stuff, just Steam or the Switch is awesome. Uh, the Evercade's pretty cool. I wondered if they did any kind of comparison or latency test to the original. I would love to to hear from the team about that to see how that performed. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm always a huge fan of physical editions as well, which you could pre-order now for release early next year. And there's a whole bunch of different versions available from uh, North America to Europe ones, uh, fully loaded collector's editions to just the a basic set. So lots of good options here as well, including the soundtrack too. So... Um, seems like a very awesome game. I would really like to check it out at some point in the future, but I strongly recommend just going through Crystal's post, checking out the links to everything you need and seeing what you think about it. Um, certainly something that I definitely want to swing around and maybe I'll, I'll even do a live stream trying it out for the first time because Metroidvanias are pretty much my favorite style games and I'd love to see how a new one works. Next up, the original NES Metroid is Forever Change. I will never play the original NES version versus this one again. Um, I'll give the very quick rundown and then some spoilers. So if you don't want to hear about any of the changes, I'll warn you beforehand. But I'm referring to the developer Infidelity's NES to SNES port of Metroid, which is by far the most complicated one that he's done to date. And there's just a ton of additions and very cool stuff that goes along with it. There's the stuff that you could expect with all of these conversions that he's manually done all by hand, where it eliminates slowdown, it reduces sprite flicker, and it allows for some SNES-related enhancements that are not even possible on NES consoles. Um, so if you want to try it out yourself, it's available right on the developer's archive.org page. If you want to support the work that he does, please consider signing up on Patreon because the only reason we were able to get this was because of so many amazing people signing up to support to to show the developer that we want more things like this. Um, and if you want more details on... Uh, 
how these are actually super important, even if they're with the basic changes, please go back uh, to the post right here. I have a weekly roundup. I did number 361. That kind of goes into detail on that. Spoiler alert, though. Don't say I didn't warn you. There's a lot implemented in this. And in fact, there's even more optional stuff that you could apply via patches, and the patches could also remove the functionality too if you want. But the stuff that's built into all of them is you boot to a menu that selects the soundtrack. And if you <coughs> have a Mr. or one of the SD2, SNES, or FX packs that support MSU audio, you could play that version. You uh, With an intro that was completely done by scratch or from scratch by the developer uh, you could also choose from the msu version of the famicom soundtrack which is different than nes you get the original nes soundtrack or the zero mission soundtrack all are excellent and i cycled between them in my live stream of this also uh, it has the enhancement from last time of when you hold down the r trigger you could enable missiles only while you're holding r which is great you don't have to enable and disable via select but if you press X, it brings up a menu system. So you could enable or disable weapons. And you also are able to access a map. So everything is built in. Also, the patches that come with it allow you to start with 99 health instead of 30, which I think is much more fair. Um, certainly not as extreme as in Zero Mission, where every time you, you get info, you get a full power-up. That, that seems a little too easy, but I think this was a good, a good happy medium. You could patch for spring ball support, which is still experimental, but pretty awesome. Sometimes you might not be able to uh, drop bombs with this if you have it patched, so just keep that in mind. The developer's still kind of working on fixing that. I got caught once with that and had to restart a section, but it auto-saves, uh, or you could save by going into that menu and hitting start, or every time you die, it will auto-save. Remember, if you're using an FX pack, you have to hold reset on the console for that save to, to finish through as well. There's also a new version of it where as you're running, if you jump, it no longer stutters while scrolling when you jump, which I don't know why, but that always drove me crazy for the NES version. So that, that was pretty huge in my opinion. Such a small but massive upgrade because it really makes it feel like you're upgrading the console that you're playing this thing on. Uh, and there's also patches for um, eight energy tanks, which was a limitation of the original NES. There were eight tanks in the game that you could find, but the NES could only display up to six. So if you got the extra ones, wouldn't really do anything. Now you're allowed to have those, which I seems like a no-brainer to have that one. Uh, and the final patch is easier farming, which I don't know if it actually made it easier. It was still a giant pain, but that's fine. The, the original game was supposed to be like this. So there's... I mean, I could talk about this for another hour, and I'm going to do another live stream with it at some point, but this is just, I truly feel like this is what Metroid would have been like if the developers who created it had the ability to do all of the things that we do today. So had access to the SNES, had access to these development tools. It still is really hard, like really hard, but I loved it. I don't think I'll ever play another version of original Metroid again. And while I always liked Zero Mission, I played it so many times while testing GBA stuff. It's just something about this just feels like old school Metroid, but not as absolutely maddening with a bunch of things that really help improve it. So I honestly can't thank the developer enough for making this. All of the previous patches were great, and that is definitely how I'll play Zelda and DuckTales and Mega Man 2 from now on as well. 
But this is a must try. You absolutely, if you have the ability to run SNES ROMs and you're even mildly interested in Metroid, you got to try this one. You will not be disappointed. Next up, Roger, aka the 8-Bit Esquire, just posted a video kind of comparing the RetroTINK 4K and its CRT emulation features to original CRTs. And the video was excellent, but what really stood out, what made me absolutely want to have this featured on RetroRGB, was the original 14-inch PVM comparisons to the masks on the RetroTINK. I think Roger used all the right equipment and did an awesome job giving us some side-by-side -side comparisons that really makes you feel the difference between the RetroTINK 5X, let's say, and the 4K. And we'll talk about the TINK 4K in a minute. There's a lot more to talk about for that. But just to stick on topic of Roger's video, even if you're not really interested in that, or even if you're a grumpy person like me that loves these things, but also mostly wants to use a CRT, knowing the differences and being able to really experience the years of tweaking that went into the Tink products to make these things look as good and as close to original as possible, I think it's something that we would all appreciate. So definitely give this one a watch, highly recommend it. And, uh, you know, thanks to Roger for taking the time to, to really present that comparison the way he did. Cause I know from experience from thousands of hours of experience over more than 10 years, it is really hard to do that. So it's hard, it's painstaking, it's annoying, because what if you spend all that time and no one ends up watching your video? I know what that feels like, and uh, it's this one was absolutely worth a watch. So yeah, give it a try, see what you think, but I think it was a, a really good... I think it's one of the best examples of the differences between a CRT and a flat panel with good CRT emulation I've ever seen. And I think it's almost as good as you could ever get without actually being there in person. Your eyes standing in front of it will never be able to be recreated until we could all plug into the matrix or something. So I think this, as far as watching content on a TV, this is going to be as close as it gets. Also, I'll be, uh, this Friday night, I'll be doing a fundraiser thingy with Roger. I don't even know what I'm doing, to be honest with you. He told me to be there, and I said, okay. So I'll be cracking some beers, being a wise-ass on stream, 9 p.m. Eastern time this Friday over on Roger's channel. Pre-orders have now opened for a brand new Mr. Jamma board. This one is a dual RAM version from Retro Castle. The price is $250 for just the board itself. Um, Castlemania Entertainment is the one doing the pre-orders, and they're due to ship in February. And there's a bunch of stuff to talk about, but first and foremost dual RAM. At the moment, right now, today, dual RAM is not required at all for any of the main cores. Uh, you could get a slightly higher accuracy increase on the PlayStation core from the audio side with it. I believe the Saturn core is running really well in single RAM mode. Uh, there is a Jaguar work in progress core where I was playing Tempest on it the other day using a dual RAM solution that won't run on a single RAM. So dual RAM is not something that you need today. And with all respect to Retro Castle, I just want to start out by saying if you already have the original Retro Castle JAMA solution and it's working for you, or the Mr. Cade, which is equal and excellent as well, if you have those and you don't need dual RAM, there's no reason to upgrade. And I mean that with love. There's no disrespect to Retro Castle. I just, I always try to point people in the right direction. That said, if you're getting a JAMA board for the first time for your arcade machine for, you know, for the Mr., then I would consider this because you don't need to plug two RAM sticks into it. You could buy this board, buy a single RAM stick, and just 
use it as is, and take advantage of some of the other options, such as the high-quality digital-to-analog converter that's used, the only thing you lose is simultaneous HDMI and analog output. Now, this does have VGA style, the D-sub output, same as all Mr. Cases, and JAMA at the same time, so you can still technically have dual output, and you could use any scaler to get that VGA out. So uh, OSSC would probably be a great choice, um, but you might even be able to use those SCART to HDMI adapters that I tell everybody not to use for gaming, but if you want to use it for streaming, that could be a perfectly good use for that as well. Um, the only thing to note, though, is the way dual RAM works is it uses the pins on the DE10 that are normally used for analog video output. So that's why you can't have HDMI and analog at the same time, because you need to use an, uh, one of the adapters that Ivory from RetroCastle includes to plug J uh, HDMI into the JAMA board, and then it uses a very high-quality digital-to-analog converter to put out a really nice-looking signal. So you end up losing HDMI, you gain the ability for dual RAM. If HDMI and JAMA out at the same time is something that's really important to you, keep the solution you have or just buy the other solutions that are out there currently that don't uh, that don't support dual RAM. But if you're like me and streaming is important, but you already have any scaler that you could plug it into that would work for streaming, then I would just get the dual RAM kit now because... If no dual RAM cores ever exist that you require it, fine. Then you you know you still have an awesome setup. But if you ever did want to run a dual RAM core, you just plug another RAM stick in. So uh, just to reiterate what I said before, I mean this with love. There's no disrespect at all. But if you already have an awesome JAMA solution, there's no reason to upgrade to this one. Um, if you don't have any JAMA solution at all, I would just decide between future-proofing or simultaneous HDMI and VGA out. For the record, you can find splitters that you could kind of finagle your way into with this. So you could put the HDMI splitter, you could send the direct video to your capture card, and you could send the other signal to this. But there's two issues with that. First, most capture cards do not know what that signal is. You would need like a data path vision or something that really is just more of a, a professional, robust solution. But also, HDMI signal dropouts. Every time you change resolution, it needs to resync. So you're, you might actually end up with a lot of dropouts on your arcade machine if you use a splitter like that. So it really depends. I guess if you're going to play one game for hours, fine. Do your, you know, get set up before you start your stream, get the game loaded and go from there. But if not, or if it's a game that supports multiple resolutions, like a lot of PlayStation games, HDMI splitters aren't going to be that great of an option. But <clears throat> I probably talked a little bit too more about this, too much about this than I needed to, but I wanted to give everybody a quick primer on dual RAM. And I was going to do a video on this soon, but I guess I didn't uh, align it at the right time with um, all the dual RAM solutions. I should have had that out beforehand, but I should have a video out fairly soon that explains who might want dual RAM, why you might not need it, but uh, I'm just very happy to see more options out there. I loved the original Retro Castle JAMA solution. I had it all the way up until I sold the arcade board. Uh, I believe this is now that's now sitting at Arcade Brooklyn being used at their shop. So nothing but good things to say about Ivory. And if you are interested in a dual RAM JAMA solution, seriously consider this one. Pre-orders are open right now for either just the board, the board with dual RAM, or uh, also just 128 meg RAM sticks if you need extras. We took it all. 
we brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This Saturday, December 9th at 5 p.m. New York City time, the RetroTink 4K will be up for sale. No pre-orders. It is in stock and ready to ship basically as soon as orders come in. So I would assume that they would start shipping out that Monday. They're going to ship in the order that they were purchased. So while you certainly shouldn't have to be sitting there refreshing the page right at 5 p.m. New York time, if you do, you're probably going to get yours shipped out sooner than somebody that waited a couple of days. And in stock, ready to go. And this is a product that has been... Uh, Mike Chi, the creator, has been completely transparent about it the past six-ish months when it's been in public beta. Um, it's been in private beta for over a year now total. And what you're getting is the most robust and solid launch day firmware I've ever seen on a gaming scaler. Because essentially, it's not a launch day firmware. It's almost like you're buying a product that's been out for a year that has had some of the greatest minds all over the planet work on this thing. Way too many people to shout out now, but everybody that you could imagine that could contribute something to this has. So I am so excited to see people get it. Um, I think everything about this was awesome. I love that you could just buy it. You know, it's a real working awesome product because of the transparency that Mike has had. Um, no gimmicks, no uh, insulting launch videos. Just here you go. Buy it right now. And the one thing that I'll say is, yeah, it's really expensive, but you need to keep things into perspective. Um, if you're somebody that says this is insane, why would anybody spend this much money and you have a $1,200 phone sitting in your pocket, you should probably just shut up. <laughs> but if you're somebody that says, hey, this isn't for me, you're probably the same person. And I mean this with love, but you're probably the same person that says, oh, I don't need a $1,000 stereo. I'll get a sound bar. Oh, why would I spend... $2,000 on an OLED. I can get an LCD TV for $300 right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you're the type of person that says, hey, I really love this hobby, so I'm going to spend my money on it. I'm going to get save up. I'm going to get the most out of it. Whether you're spending a ton of money on audio equipment, whether you're spending money on a nice car, whether you upgrade to first-class plane tickets, whatever, if that's how you decide to spend your money, then if this is important for any retro content, if, if any retro content is important to you, consider this. My launch video that I embedded in this post goes over everything that I would want to go over as quickly as I could. I would love to release more videos soon. Time is the only thing stopping me, but I'd love to release more videos digging into each individual feature. Uh, and in fact, My Life in Gaming recently just released one that was really focused on the HDMI downscaling to re-upscale feature. So basically, if you have like a Nintendo Switch game that was originally a, a 280p game and then scaled through the Switch, you use the Tink 4K settings to downscale it back to its original resolution and let the Tink 4K upscale it to 4K with CRT filters and stuff like that. So I would love to do stuff like that. Um, the only other thing 
to add that I don't know if Mark was super clear about in the video was that those profiles are something that you could save and trade. So if you want to make game specific profiles, you could absolutely do that. And also, I believe the Mr. Team a couple months ago said once this was up for sale, they would try to work on getting direct video data sent so that the Tink 4K would automatically know what core was being loaded in direct video mode in order to, to compensate. Hopefully, they'll, they'll keep their promise. I know Mike offered them a free one to do that, and I think they declined. So hopefully, hopefully they'll still keep their promise on that one because that would be a pretty amazing addition as well that I guess other scalers could also use for, for uh, HDMI input. But I'm just super excited for this. I think this is absolutely awesome. I don't think this is for everybody, but I think I think the best comparison is the one I did months ago that was uh, not so politely borrowed from me in that you could think of the RetroTINK 2X and the uh, any of the scalers, like the Rad 2X and stuff like that. Those are like some pretty cool consumer-grade TVs. And then you move on to the OSSC Pro and uh, and I would assume the Morph as well as, and the RetroTINK 5X. That's like moving into PVM territory there. And you're getting some pretty amazing options. Um, the good scalers, you know, some two of those have been out for a while. So, you know, the solid firmware on those. But this truly is the BVM of scalers. Uh, other companies could steal that if they want. But I think the transparency and proven track record and all of the videos from, from reviewers that have been putting stuff out really prove that that's true. And I'm just excited that other people get to try it finally. So good luck this Saturday, 5 p.m. New York City time. Just look up wherever that is in your region. It's way easier than saying ET, EST, PT, whatever. Just look what time it is in New York, plan around that, and good luck getting one. Recently, I've spent a lot of time highlighting new and expensive solutions for retro gaming like the RetroTINK 4K, but I wanted to take a step back and remind everybody you absolutely do not need any of those more expensive solutions to simply play your classic consoles with the cables that they came with on flat panel TVs. So I wanted to take an opportunity to revisit the RetroTINK 2X Pro, both as a way to hype it now for people that are getting turned off by a $750 scaler, I, I understand that, you don't need to spend it, I, I, that kind of money. This thing will be all a lot of people would ever need. And it's also not the best choice for some people. I go over all of that pretty clearly in the video. But I also wanted to take a moment to highlight the product because when it was first released, I believe I did a video on the 2X SCART and I didn't do one on the Pro. I think Ray Commend did. But since then, Mike has given us so many completely free firmware updates that added a ton of features, bug fixes, a whole bunch of stuff. So now that it is a completed product, it is full. There is nothing more that could be done to this product. Uh, I wanted to give it another highlight just to show everybody everything it could do and some of the the fringe use case scenarios that I thought might be helpful if you still own one of these or if you were, for example, wanting to put Compositor S video onto a VGA CRT monitor. I thought there was some really good use cases for it, even if you have other higher end scalers as well. So that was just a basic video on it. It was a kind of a companion to that get a scaler video I did a couple of weeks ago, a month ago now, whatever it was, just to kind of highlight some of the more entry level beginner options. And I just stand by it. Uh, I just think it's something that's a great option for so many people. And I just also think that when choosing your scaler, start by budget, then what cables you already own, and then what TV do you have? Because that's something that I don't talk about a lot because it's very opinion-based. 
But I do think that if you're somebody that spends a lot of money on a good TV, you should spend a good amount of money on a scaler if it's important to you, if you're not just a casual play once a year type. Um, and, you know, also, respectfully, if you're the type to go in and get a bargain TV, a 60-inch TV for 300 bucks, all you really need is the 2X Pro. You don't need to spend all that extra money. Um, you, zero lag, everything will work just fine. And hopefully that video really highlighted all of that. So please give it a watch and uh, consider sharing. The Why Retro Consoles Need a Scaler video, I think, is the one I would love everybody who's into retro to watch. But if you think the Tink 2X Pro might be the solution for you, then definitely watch this one or share it with people who might need it. Next up are a bunch of highly limited updates from Analog. First, their Pocket will go back on sale this Friday. The original update that they had sent out was talking about this previous Monday sale uh, two days ago. However, it looks like, at least according to their website right now as I'm recording this, they're going to open up more sales this Friday. So I would just go to store.analog.co if you wanted to pick one of those up. They also have different versions of the Pocket Dock available, um, the original as well as one that's white. The white is matching the white analog pocket, and for some inexplicable reason, they're going to charge $30 more for it. I thought this was just injection molding, so you could just tell the company, pop out X amount in this color and X amount in that color. I have no idea how they're able to apply a highly limited price to that, but who knows? Maybe they're painted with some, some very premium highly limited paint or something like that. Whatever. Uh, it does look very nice, though, so if you have a white one and you wanted to dock, maybe consider throwing away $30 on something that matches. Also, it looks like all of the analog duos will start shipping on December 11th. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I had a friend of mine uh, ask me to pick one up for him. So I was able to get that. Uh, as long as they're shipping, I should be able to do an unboxing and, and gaming stream just to kind of try that out. Kind of funny, the RetroTINK 4K now can emulate the analog dock from the HDMI side of things, which means I should be able to just plug the Duo into the Tink 4K, have the Duo send its original 240p signal, and let the Tink 4K do all of the scaling, which should be pretty awesome. It's not going to replace the DAC because you're not going to buy the Tink 4K to output to a CRT only, so the DAC is still a good product to have, but it's pretty cool to know that you could access its original modes now right through the Tink 4K. Um, also, it they said that everything that they had sold on Monday would arrive for the holidays. I don't know if that's the same on Friday, but I would like to say that it's very nice to see Analog trying hard to get this stuff out to people in a more timely manner. Um, they're still using their highly limited techniques to prey on our FOMO to do that, but why would they stop if we all keep falling for it? So credit where credit's due, but they're definitely pushing to get more product out to people, which I think is a very good thing. So hopefully we'll see how all this stuff turns out, and I'm definitely looking forward to trying out a duo. Now it's time for this week's Mr. Updates, Care of Lou from Lou's Retro Source. As usual, I'm just going to skim through these, but if you want more details or visual examples, please check out Lou's original video. First up, there is a new drop-in firmware for the Mister called the Gollum FPGA that is essentially a UI overhaul, which, holy crap, so excited to, to try and... Uh, I haven't tried it yet, but so excited to see where this goes because I would love to get to a point where you don't need to edit INI files and fire up a command prompt to do very basic things. So it's really exciting that someone from the community is taking the initiative to try to rewrite the Mister UI because that is not 
an easy thing to do. It's not as complicated as just designing a UI. You have to make it work with all the existing everything. So um, if you want to try it out yourself, it currently offers a simplified experience and uh, not all features of Mr. are available, but I would definitely, if you're interested in kind of exploring alternatives, uh, give this one a try, you know, see what you think and see if this could be an eventual replacement because it is kind of maddening dealing with the same years old issues as some of that UI. So awesome that uh, there's options. Um, next up, Anton Gale released the schematics of the final page of the Exidy Universe V2 hardware, a variant of the game Targ, which is an early vehicular combat game from the 80s. So the next step is to start the FP FPGA implementation. So that's very cool. Early stages of that. Um, Next, if you happen to know the DE10 standard or Aero Socket FPGA boards, there's a developer that's been porting the Mr. Cores to those. So, uh, no, Noemi, I'm, I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. I'm, Nomi, I'm so sorry. The developer has already ported cores like the N64, PlayStation, Saturn, and more. So this is just, this is not so much like a fork of Mr. as it, here, now we can have Mr.'s cores working on other pieces of hardware, which I think is awesome and i'd love to see more of this for all the good reasons all positive reasons next up robert's still absolutely killing it with the n64 core mario tennis now runs paper mario no longer crashes in chapter two and goldeneye is now stable so if you're a supporter download the latest core from the most recent patreon post fire it up and give it a try i think you're going to be very very excited um, also mr add-ons sent out a newsletter talking about uh, newly released products and stuff that's coming up, stuff that I believe we've talked about before, like the um, the reflex boards and things like that. So uh, if you're into that, check out um, the Mr. Add-ons website or just check out the examples in Lou's video. So that's it for this week. Um, always exciting in the FPGA development side of things. And I'm just uh, always appreciative to all of the Mr. Devs who contribute absolutely anything because it's really all of you who's making this possible for people like me who's not smart enough to program an FPGA core but absolutely loves using them. So thanks very much to everybody who contributes to Mr. Uh, it's just such a very cool time to be a retro gamer. An English translation was just released for the Neo Geo CD version of Samurai Showdown RPG. Now, this game was released on a couple other platforms, I believe Saturn and PlayStation, but the Neo Geo CD version was kind of the most widely regarded version, and now it has an English translation, so you could play through it if you don't read or speak Japanese. Now, this is the Neo Geo CD, so loading times are going to be almost as long as modern consoles, but if you have something like an ODE or if you are into Neo Geo CD emulation and have ways of playing it that way, you could get some speedier loading times. But if uh, the game basically plays like a collection of mini RPGs, and it's something that I, I've heard a lot of feedback of people who have been playing this translation and said that they loved it. They were so excited for it. Um, the person who translated it, Jeff Nussbaum, I guess started work on this on and off back in 2007. So this has been a long time coming. So if uh, you want more details, check out Selena's post. But this seems like a no-brainer for anybody who is interested in that game and has the ability to play Neo Geo CD games. Well, that's it for this week. I know I'm still running behind on a bunch of other things, so I'm going to try my best to catch up in the coming weeks, but I also have a couple more videos I want to put out. 
which is always crazy because it's uh, doing a video is like a full week's worth of work and then doing this is a full week's worth of work. So I'll try to grind through because I think there's some cool stuff coming up and there's some questions people have been asking that I feel like I have the ability to answer. I just need to do more testing and research. Some of the VHS capture, some of the HDMI matrix switching stuff. So I'm going to keep trying my best to get videos out. I'll probably hit a wall and crash sometime in the new year, but I'll, I'll do my best for now. But anyway, as always, thanks so much to everybody who watches, listens, plays nicely in the comments, and especially thank you to people who support in any way possible, because it really is you who's keeping all this stuff going. This week's roundup is brought to you by Neo Paradigm Entertainment, connecting Southeast Asian influencers with opportunities in the West.